I have a guest uh, on the phone with us right now. His name is Steve Glickman. Uh, Steve was uh, born in Canada. He was raised in Canada. He resides in Canada. Uh, Steve is a liberal. He makes no apologies for that. He lists Michael Moore among his influences. He writes screenplays. He's a, a member of PETA. He's one conservative talk show host said that this gentleman makes Hillary Clinton sound like a conservative. <laughs> so I bring this stuff up so you get an idea of, of what a wild ride we may be in for. We'll never we'll find out in just a couple of moments here. He truly believes in something called vote sizing. Steve, are you there? I sure am. Well, good morning. Thank you. Good morning. How are everything? How's everything up in Great White North? Oh, it's lovely this time of year. I'll bet it is. Yeah. Yeah, you, you haven't been suffering through 107-degree temperatures and stuff like that, have you? No. no. <laughs> we get the occasional earthquake every century, but otherwise it's beautiful. Well, you know how realtors would describe that. They just say that uh, real estate is fluctuating again. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, tell us something about, first of all, vote sizing, before you tell us what it is. Sure. Are you the originator of this idea? Yeah, I am. Okay, how did that come about? Uh, came about, uh, this is over 20 years ago, and uh, when I was studying uh, philosophy in university, and uh, I was going through uh, uh, a series of uh, Hegel, Marx, existentialists, and I was trying to reconcile all the different branches of philosophy, and it just ended up becoming something about the vote. I didn't start off on that path. I didn't start off politically. I started off really philosophically, but it materialized in the vote, surprisingly enough. I didn't do anything. I was worried that the idea was so was going to be so popular that it was going to get me killed. I thought George Bush Senior was going to was going to gun me down for this having this great idea. Uh, so you know, he was going to hunt you down in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Well, at the time they were down in Central America, so it wasn't that it wasn't that odd. But uh, I was I was probably a little bit paranoid back then. So I just basically tried to fit in for the last twenty years and hope someone else had another idea. You know, I didn't automatically think that this was this was this this idea needed to be put in place. But the world's been going on a, on a downhill slide for the last 20 years. I just watched it, and about uh, six years ago, I decided that enough is enough, and I really had to do something about this idea of mine. And I've been pushing it hard ever since for the last six years. Okay. And what we're going to do, Steve, is we're going to let you uh, tell us what vote sizing is. Okay. And um, we'll also open up the phone lines. Okay. You know, but we're not going to take those calls until after you get a chance to say what it is that you want to say about vote sizing. Then we'll let people ask you some questions or uh, make a comment. And uh, the phones are 864-6400-1888-308-0640 or star 640 from your cell phone. Uh, my guest is Steve Glickman. Uh, Steve wants to talk about vote sizing. It's something that until just the other day I hadn't really heard anything of. So, Steve, tell us what exactly is vote sizing? Uh, vote size, in a nutshell, vote sizing is adjusting the sizes of people's votes uh, when it comes time to do elections, for example, political elections, electing the president. So different people get different sized votes. You have a computer in place that would add up the votes accordingly to whatever size that they, that they should have. And the way that I can say people should have different size votes is I think poor people should get larger votes than wealthy people. Okay, so the vote of a poor person would mean would be weighted more than the vote of, uh, a, of a wealthy person. Yes, essentially, wealthy people sacrifice part of their vote in order to have uh, a, a better society. Hopefully. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Steve: Would this not be penalizing somebody for being successful? 
well, if, there's, if, if, if success to them means making money, then taking away the vote is taking away something they don't really want anyways, I see it. I mean, I think if people want money, that means that they don't really want to, to worry about government or be involved in government. They want money. So I'm taking away something that they don't want is what I'm doing. So I don't see that as penalizing them. Well, I think that in, I think that in, first of all, you know, we are not a democracy. We're a, we're a, we're a democratic republic. Yeah. We're, we're, a, we're a, I'm sorry, a representative republic. Basically, you know, we have, you know, one vote per person. And what happens from that point uh, is turned over to the uh, electoral college. Yeah. And so what are, you, what are you saying? What are you proposing? Well, I mean, the, what, is, what is democracy anyway? Democracy just means rule of the people. You can't have democracy. Vote sizing is already in place in that electoral college of yours. Depending on where you live, you might have a larger vote than someone else who lives somewhere else. It's just not possible to have one person, one vote uh, uh, institutionalized. Uh, there's different ways of running elections and different, uh, you know, areas and all kinds of stuff. Well, in that regard, then, is vote sizing undemocratic? No, if, it, if, if by democracy you mean rule of the people, then it's not undemocratic. If by democracy you simply mean one person, one vote, then it is. So it depends how, if you think that one person, one vote is the be-all and end-all of democracy, if that, if, that, if that itself cannot be corrupted, has not been corrupted, is all there is that we can, as far as we can push the envelope, then it is uh, undemocratic. But I don't think that one person, one vote is the essence of democracy. Democracy just means the rule of the people. And right now, if the, you know, the big businesses and the uh, uh, huge rich people have their say over government, then I'm just trying to restore it back to the people with a, with a weighted vote. So it depends on your definitions. I mean, well, are we talking about mob rule? Um, honestly, it's concentrating power. Vote sizing concentrates power. Now, you could have your own ideas who should get concentrated power when it comes to election. You might say, hey, wealthy people should have concentrated power. Uh, they should have a weighted vote. So if you're concentrating power, it's the opposite of mob rule. You're, 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 you know, you're focusing on a select people, uh, on, on, on a, a certain area and saying you guys are uh, going to need to shape up and, uh, and fix things for yourselves. So that's not mob rule. Okay. Now, if we were to, if by chance we were to uh, go with this vote sizing, if, uh, if we were to give more voting empowerment to poor people, their vote would weigh more than that of somebody who is wealthy. Don't you think that what they would use that vote for was just to vote themselves entitlements of some sort? Yeah, you would think that because of all the all the 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 the, the, uh, the stuff. That's that's the mantra nowadays. You would think that would be the case, right? And that's always the case against democratic reforms. But each time you give, each time you share power, you find it's not true. The women did not vote just to take things from the men. They didn't vote for that. And, uh, you know, the freed slaves did not vote just to confiscate everything they could. You know, poor and middle class people want a functioning government. They want a smaller government. That's what they vote for. They want a more streamlined government. They don't just want to take money. You know, money and, uh, and power, uh, political power and economic power are two very different things. And it's unfair to say that all poorer people want is money. If you give them a functioning government, they might be completely satisfied to have less.
we all might be satisfied to have less if we had a good government. You mentioned a smaller government, yeah. and I'll tell you, honestly, that's the one point you and I can agree on. Yeah, but that, and that's what's being sold. That's what Mitt Romney, that's what all these politicians are getting the votes from poor people by promoting smaller government. So the, so the poor and middle class people are voting for these things. They want a streamlined, less corrupt government. They don't want to see a bloated, uh, corrupt government that's going to do handouts. They want a functioning government, so maybe if you give them a way to vote, they would get things back on track. Certainly if you give uh, uh, wealthy people an opportunity, they don't really care. I mean, they got enough money to be insulated. What are they, why would they really care that much? So you, I mean, you know, I would, I, would be, I would like a smaller, less intrusive government with less control over my life. I don't want a government that's going to take care of me. I want a government that's going to protect me. And so the question really is, that I put to conservatives, is, is do you think or do you not think that the poor and middle class people would push for that idea? Or do they really want a big, huge kind of Marxist state ruling over them? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, can't, I can't really say that for sure. Yeah. Because, I, I, you know, I, I don't, I'm not inside everybody's head. Yeah. But I do know that I think that people would vote uh, for things you know, they would vote for whoever's going to give them something. But what would happen at, at the next election then? I mean, just think about that. Okay. Uh, what, would ha what, what do you think would happen if all the poor and middle class people voted just to take from the wealthy come next election? I, I, don't, I don't follow you. They would have the money. It would just, they just overturn every – they just cycle through. They, they would have the money. Now the rich would become poor. The poor would become rich. Come next election, and the thing would spiral downwards. It would crash and burn, Right. And this is the argument against democratic reforms over and over again is we're going to crash and, and, and no, we're never going to learn. We're never going to learn uh, to not just do that. But it never proves true. In his, history, we evolve by, by doing the opposite, by sharing. So if they do just vote for, for money and more handouts, they're going to break. It will break. It will crash. Vote sizing will crash faster than one person and one vote. But it doesn't crash. I don't think, I mean, I don't think it will crash because uh, the previous democratic reforms haven't crashed. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about penalizing, really, to success people who are wealthy. People who are wealthy are the ones that generally create the jobs. But if we don't, if the poor people don't vote for policies that just take their money, if they let the marketplace function, right, yep. then how penalized are those wealthy people who still have their wealth? They just don't have control over the government. But All the right. government's not for them. But they, so, so, in other words, if they still have their wealth, is it really penalizing them? Okay, Steve? Can we take some calls? Sure. All right. Uh, let me ask Stevie Chapman over there. We're not going to lose Steve's call here, are we? We had this thing all set up to conference. Okay, thanks. Uh, Sue, you're on the air with Steve Glickman. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a better idea. I think that if we're going to, I'm not recommending restricting or changing votes from one person, one vote, but if we did, I think a better idea would be Really 
you're talking about influencing somebody at the at the uh, at the boat itself. Or at the I've heard of taking people bus through the glen. Um, yes, that has happened. I've heard of them doing it, and the people don't know who they're voting for. They just do it because somebody told them to. And there is, I have seen evidence that people that are poor, like on welfare, they will vote for the candidate that's promised to give them a handout. All right, thank you. Thank so you. I don't think it'll work. Sue, thank you so much. I'm going to let Steve uh, respond to that. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye now. Hey, Steve. Yeah, hi. That's, see, that's, that's, a, that's a great point. Because once you get into, her, her idea at least, just thinking about these things, once you get into vote sizing and using technology to, uh, to, to do social engineering, there's all kinds of ideas that can come up. Come up. Um, now, her idea is for responsibility-based vote sizing is what I call it. In other words, finding people who are more responsible. Okay? okay. And, for example, you could test them. Or you could find out what their occupation is, how what their level of education is. Well, I would be all in favor of, of, of things being more transparent, if that's what you're talking about. Uh, well, what, 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 what I think Sue was talking about was like saying, if somebody take a political test before they vote, and if they score high, so they actually understand what the heck they're doing there, then their vote gets weighted, right? And now this is not. This has been proposed by other people. Uh, this is what I call responsibility-based vote sizing, favoring those more responsible. Um, but that's not uh, my favorite. My favorite is what I call need-based. You simply give more political power to those who need it. And if they happen to be uh, uh, terrible voters, and they bring us all down, then collectively we have to educate these people so that they don't bring everyone down. It's, you know, vote sizing is a way to tie society together. It ties the wealthy and the, and the poor people and the powerful and the powerless together. So we all have to get along. And, uh, I, you know, an extension of this would be in this school classroom where the failing students get a larger vote of the school curriculum. So now the whole classroom is tied in together in terms of what they're going to learn. Well, now, wait a minute. Isn't that rather than lifting that bottom tier up to the, uh, to the students who are doing better, isn't that taking that top tier and pushing them down? Yeah, and that is the essence of democracy, though. That's why we have votes, is because that ties us together like that. <laughs> you would think it would be a disaster, but every time we do these reforms, it actually works. So yeah, that's exactly what it's doing. It's pushing everyone into the same thing. It's not allowing some people to completely rule the world. They have to listen to the rest of us. Uh, I, I just I don't buy that. But hold on a second, Steve. Let's uh, take another call. James is on the, the phone right now. Hey, James. You're on hey, the good morning, Jim. Good morning. What's your uh, guest name? Steve. Steve Blickson. Steve. Steve, how long did you how long did you work on this idea? Oh, hard for the last six years now. I'm, I'm sorry. About the last six years. The last six years. Well, you just wasted the last six years of your life. Well, you know what? everybody runs around talking about this is a democracy and democracy this and democracy that. This is not a democracy, dude. This is a representative republic. Okay, we don't we don't live in a democracy. If we did, everybody would vote on everything. We we elect representatives. Okay, this. Your whole idea, number one, 
he's flawed just on that premise. The second thing is, why, why are we taking this party? Why don't we give stupid people a bigger vote than smart people? Because that's what you said. Poor people are poor because they think like poor people. Okay, so what you're saying is, let's take the, the, the most inept people that we have in the population, let them decide how to do things. That, that, that's, that's about, I mean, that's not the stupidest idea I've ever heard in my life, but it's about the stupidest one. Yeah, well, hey, this is this is always the argument put forth against democratic reforms. Hold on just a moment. Uh, we just uh, lost somebody. I don't know which one. Are you there, Steve? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, let me just uh, hang up on this. Uh, I think that because of the distance that we're calling, sometimes uh, we're going to get some feedback from uh, some of these open phone calls when people are just on, on hold. Just, uh, just hang on there. Sure. Get that straightened out. Uh, okay. All right, Steve, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, so first of all, about it being a representative uh, uh, republic, that's, that's not a problem. Vote sizing is not about uh, reshaping the way votes are, are counted. So, you know, you could size votes in a representative uh, uh, republic, no problem. It doesn't have to be a straight-up democracy. I agree, there's no such thing as a straight-up democracy anyways. Now, about this uh, thing being the stupidest idea, well, you know, what's James proposing? We need to, I, and I could be wrong, but I think we need to do something. We are off track as a, as, well, as a whole I, group of people. I think that, that what James is probably getting at is that you know, the United States has got the strongest constitution that has ever been created, and it's, and it's worked well. I mean, we've had, yes, there has been corruption in high places. There always has been. You know, the idea behind the way that we do our elections where it's, we're not just letting the people vote and whoever wins the popular vote wins the election was put into play by our founding fathers because what they didn't want was an election to become something that would be uh, – that could be sabotaged or uh, in some way doctored. Can I, can I respond to one thing which is really a thorn in my side here? Um, if I want to live life using less stuff, if, in other words, I don't want just a whole lot of money. If I want to get by on less, if I want a less footprint on this planet, does that make me stupid? You know, is that, the, is that how we're going to define stupid as somebody who, who can't get a lot of stuff around them? I mean, you know, otherwise, where are we all headed? There's six billion of us. We're going to double in the next who knows how many years. If we all want to be smart, does that mean we all just want more and more stuff around us? But you know what the thing is? I mean, that was, you know, you're talking about what a caller just said. You know, this... That's common, though. That's, that, that's, that's the common perception, though, is that the poor people, whether they're in Africa, Asia, Iraq, wherever they may be, they're just stupid because they're no, poor. I wasn't talking about the people. I don't think that the caller was saying that the, the people were stupid. He was talking about the idea. Uh, both. He said both. <laughs> well, you know, it's, stupid, it's stupid to trust stupid people, and they're stupid people, and, and, and they shouldn't be trusted. All right. Let's, uh, let's take another call. Toby is holding uh, Toby, you're on the air with Steve Blickman right now. Where's the chat from? He's from Canada. Wow, that's interesting. He goes past Canada. That's ridiculous. If we're going to have both sides at all, it ought to be based on uh, education. Well, let me ask you something, Steve. Uh, you you belong to the Democratic Empowerment Party. Yeah, but that's my party. That's really a fledgling party. Oh, that's that's something that you create. Yeah, there's not there's not there's not a great upswell in Canada either, surprisingly enough. Okay. No, go ahead, uh, call it. Uh, you know, this guy's really not serious when he gets to put on, or I, I would bet to 
Yeah, he's just muscled. See, what I, if, we're, if we're gonna do both sides, now the big kind of dictates, uh, you know, uh, uh, and they're obviously uh, minimal requirements. Uh, if, if you can't lose Fraser in high school, you probably should have never let your vote. Yeah, but that's a step backwards. So why would you want to take away a vote from people who worked so hard just to get in the first place from the, from the masses? Well, I'm not, I'm not saying take away their vote, give them a vote. But if you're going to you're side with this, you get more votes. Um, you should give people more votes based on their education. They already have an advantage. They have an education. I think what, what we're saying here is that somebody who is going to vote, uh, is, is their vote is going to count more, is probably going to be is looking for government handouts. We found that government handouts don't work. They yeah, so we better educate them. Go to votesizing.org. You'll see how serious I am. I built an enormous website. I'm, I'm serious about this. Yeah, uh, you know what, I've, I've read his bio, uh, Toby, and uh, I think Steve is very passionate about what he's talking about. So what does he do for a living? This is it. it. <laughs> I do this. No, it's nobody's paying. It's just my out of my pocket. I mean, but what do you, what do, how do you make a living? How do you afford things? How do you think that you're mortgage or whatever? Yeah, well, I rent an apartment, but uh, essentially I have a trust fund that uh, that keeps everything, oh, keeps us all going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I've, I've done lots of jobs. Okay. Hey, Toby, thanks for your call. All right. Hey, Steve, would you be able to – I know that we had this scheduled till 930, but we've got a lot of calls. Can you stay around? Yeah, sure. All right. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. It's the Fayetteville Newsmaker on News Talk 640 WFNC. I'm Jim Cook. Our guest is Steve Glickman talking about vote sizing. We'll be right back. All right, we are back once again on News Talk 640 WFNC. I'm Jim Cook. I'm your host. We have a guest today. Our guest is Steve Glickman. Uh, Steve is talking about vote sizing. It's a concept that he has come up with. And he belongs to something called the Democratic Empowerment Party, which is the new left international political party. Now, let me ask you, Steve, is, is that in favor of, like, a one-world government? Uh, I, I, it's totally in favor of vote sizing, uh, giving uh, poor middle-class people a larger vote. Okay. And I don't think that if you do that in Iraq, you'd have the same results as if you did that in the Philippines. All right. So the, the idea, the, the, the kind of uh, way elections is held is the same for everybody, but I think you get incredibly different results right, by doing that. a North American Union? Uh, no, I don't see any reason to smash borders. It seems to be working. So in other words, if Americans have different, uh, if they're poor and middle-class people, will probably want very different policies than Canadians. Okay, or who knows? Might, we might all become one, one huge mass. I'm not sure. Well, you know, again, it says in, in the opening paragraph that I just read is the Democratic Empowerment Party is the new left international political party. How, in, in, in what regard, then, would it be an international political party? I have someone in, in the UK pushing the agenda and someone in Cameroon. And I focus a lot of my uh, uh, pay-per-click campaigns internationally with translations. I'm not just going after – I don't think it's going to really happen anyways in the uh, uh, North America or Europe or anything like that. It's probably going to start up somewhere. We're in a real, real down-luck place. 
Um, Steve, why don't you give us your website? Uh, you can get that out, and then we'll take a, uh, some more phone calls. Sure. The website is votesizing.org. All right, Robert, you're up next. You're on the air with Steve Glickman. Well, Jim, I don't know where you got buses from here in the rural south in terms of personal automobiles, and it's called hauling buzzers. Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Right, it's the same thing. I guess in the north where you're from, they use buses, but... It's a, a very old practice. Uh, I know people personally who do it sometimes because they believe in the candidate, sometimes simply because they're being paid. Gasoline is being furnished. I haven't heard of it recently, but in my youth, uh, the voter hauler went out with a box of pints of whiskey, and the vote went off that way. But it's just appalling to me that people, if there are sad situations, no question, but people who have enough initiative to educate themselves about the candidate surely would be able to make their own way to the polls. My next point, if you'll allow me to make at least two more, when George W. Bush talks about his justification for the war in Iraq, he always uses spreading democracy. He never says spreading representative republic. So although we do have a representative republic, it's based on the idea of not a mob rule, but that the majority of the people who will educate themselves about the candidate have a say in whom they elect, and then representative republic uh, exists. But I am very concerned about this idea plus this uh, same-day registration. Personally, I would like to see us go back not to the old restrictions such as the poll test and the literacy test, but I would like to see a competency test at the polls that each voter should be required to answer questions about both candidates to make sure that they have prepared themselves to make a logical decision rather than just been hauled to the polls, told and paid to make a vote. Am I out of line, Jim? A competency test. I mean, you know, I, I think you have to get the same thing to get a marriage license. How about Mr. Glickman? Am I out of line? Uh, no, I'm, I'm glad that I'm stirring up this kind of uh, conversation. I don't necessarily think that's the way through our problems, though. Because even if you did that, what are we going to do about all those poor and working class people around the world? I mean, we, that's our situation. We just can't ignore them and favor other people to help us solve our problems. They have to, democracy is about involving them in the process, not blaming them for uh, whatever might, 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 might be happening to them. So it's... How, how akin are your ideas to socialism? Uh, well, socialism to me just means everybody makes the same amount of money. Okay. And uh, it doesn't really say much about how elections are run. But uh, it definitely says about how the market should operate. And vote sizing is not, hopefully will not interfere with 